Hey everyone, welcome to the Tuya Christian Fellowship Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to give online, see upcoming events, or view our service times, please visit our website at tcf.church. Hey, have you ever thought about your prayer life? And when you think about it, uh, maybe maybe you have a great prayer life. Maybe you maybe you love where your prayer life is. You love where your prayer life is going. Or maybe you have felt like before, hey, my prayer life's not where I'd like for it to be. Or maybe you've struggled in prayer. Maybe even you used to pray and you kind of don't pray much anymore and you've been a little bit discouraged. Well, we're going to look in Luke 18 this morning and Jesus addresses this very issue. Now, two things happen in Luke 18. Jesus makes a statement statement about prayer. And then after that statement, he tells a story. Now, a story in the Bible, we commonly call them parables. And all a parable is, is a story with a spiritual or a, or a moral message. And so Jesus makes a statement about prayer. And then after that statement, he's going to tell a story to help you understand where he's coming from. And here's what's going to happen this morning. Listen, you're not too young to pray. You're not too old to pray. If you pray every day or if you haven't prayed in two years, listen, I want to encourage you this morning in your prayer life. Prayer matters. Prayer works. God listens to prayer. And I want you to be encouraged. And when you go out these doors at the conclusion of this message, you're going to be encouraged in prayer and you're going to want to pray. So let me read to you this morning out of Luke 18. I'm going to read one verse. Now, for all of you overachievers, don't jump ahead. Okay, don't cheat. That's what we're going to call it this morning, okay? There's no cheaters in here, amen? Amen. That was a weak amen. There's no cheaters in here, amen? Amen. That's much better. All right. I'm going to read one verse, and then we're going to read the other in just a minute. Then he, Jesus, spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Listen to it again. Men always, that means women too, of course, men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Here's the statement that Jesus makes. Wherever you are in your prayer life, whatever that looks like, discouraged or encouraged, he says that you and I should be praying, and then he says, and don't lose heart. Now, the greatest human tragedy there is, is to give up. You know, people who struggle and have fought with cancer and have cancer treatments, one of the things that most encourages doctors is when they encounter people who are fighters. Before I had my heart surgery, my heart surgeon said, how do you think this is going to turn out? And I said, it's going to turn out good. I said, you've got the skill. I've got the faith. Let's get this done. And here's what he said. He said, if you didn't think it was going to turn out good, I wouldn't do it. The greatest human tragedy is to give up. There's nothing more important than the life of your heart. Jesus says for you to not lose heart. Now, of course, I'm not talking about the blood pump. I'm talking about the real you, your soul, your spirit. I'm talking about that inner force in your life that I'm going to read to you in just a minute out of Proverbs. Listen, if you have experienced losing heart, and I've experienced it, I know many of you, probably everybody in here has, 
When you lose heart, you lose everything. Jesus said, pray and don't lose heart. Now, it says in Proverbs 4.23, and it's going to be on the screen. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. I love the word spring. Imagine out of your heart, out of your soul, out of your inner being, out of the real you is a spring, if you will, a water. Imagine a water spring, a spring of life flowing up out of you. And the first word in that says for you to keep your heart. Now, the word keep means to guard or to protect. Now, I want you to see something really important. I'm not talking about a negative guarding, okay? If you've ever experienced something negative in your heart, and I know many of you have, if you've ever uh, been loved and and been rejected, and if you've ever thought before, hey, I'm never going to love again, or I'm never going to let anybody in my heart again, or I'm never going to be open again, or hey, you know, my my pet died, and and it was so hurtful and so painful, and I'm never going to have a pet again. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. Now, what that is is a vow. Okay, what's a vow, Pastor? Well, a vow is just what I said. Hey, I'm, I'm going to put a wall around my heart, and I'm never going to let anybody in again. That's incredibly damaging and hard on your soul. It's hard on your life. No, I'm talking about from a good heart. Now, here's what God told uh, Solomon. He told Solomon in 1 Kings 3 that he was going to give him a wise and discerning heart. Now, here's what the New Testament says. It says that if you know Jesus is your Savior, you have wisdom this morning. The Bible says so. The Bible says Jesus has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. God told Solomon, I'm going to give you a wise and discerning heart. When you accepted Christ, you were given a wise and discerning heart. Listen, one of the most diabolical teachings in the, in the church today is the teaching out of Jeremiah that says you have a wicked heart and that your heart's wicked beyond measure. Now, listen, I want to explain that to you because I want you to understand it. That's absolutely true before you know Jesus Christ is your Savior. Absolutely true. Listen, before I knew Christ is my Savior, my heart wasn't just evil. It was dead. Now, listen, Christianity is not about making bad people good. It's about making dead people alive. You see, I was dead spiritually. I was dead on the inside. Was I evil? Absolutely, I was evil. Is Jeremiah true? Absolutely, it's true. But you see, I heard the gospel, and I ran into this guy named Jesus Christ, and I invited him into my life. And the Bible says that my stony heart, my evil heart, was taken away And I was given a heart of flesh, and I have a wise and discerning heart. Luke 8 in the New Testament says that you've been given a noble and good heart. I heard somebody say just this week, you can't trust your heart because it's wicked. Well, that's not true based on the New Testament. My heart was wicked. Your heart was wicked. But if you know Christ, you have a good and noble heart. Listen, I've thought this, and I'll just tell you. I told the early service, you know, if my heart is evil and wicked, then let's just imagine it as an outhouse, my heart. Okay, so I run into Jesus, and I find Jesus, and I give him the key to my heart, and he has to move into the outhouse. Now, you, you, you did terrible, just like the early service. You could have laughed right there. That was a great place to laugh, right? I mean, come on, y'all, right? Okay, Jesus, Jesus, who's righteous and holy and pure, does not move into an evil, dark place. He does not. 
My heart is good. Your heart is good. Now I'm not now I'm not perfect. Now if my flesh get me in trouble, oh, every day. Every time I go by that little freezer with the ice cream bars in it at the grocery store, my flesh gives me trouble, right? But here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you guarding your heart. Why? Because my heart is good. My heart is noble. My heart is wise and my heart is discerning. And I'm going to do everything I can with God's grace and help to not lose heart, to not give up, to not throw my hands in the air and say this doesn't work. Now, let's read the parable. Starting in verse 2, listen to the story Jesus tells. There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God or regard man, fear God or regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him and said, "Get justice for me from my adversary." And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, "Even though I don't fear God or regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me. Now stop right there. Now Jesus is telling a story with a spiritual truth, and here's what he says. He says, there's this woman who is a widow. Now what does that mean? Well, she's a woman with no power, okay? Now let, let me give you a word to describe a widow. She's vulnerable, okay? In the Old Testament time, he picks a woman in this story who doesn't have any power, who's vulnerable. She can't push this judge around. She can't use her family name. She doesn't have a husband. <clears throat> she doesn't have an income. And so basically, she doesn't have any power. But she goes to this unjust judge, and she says, hey, you've got to help me. You've got to move in my life. I got this going on. And she becomes her own advocate. Now, let me explain this to you. She won't stop talking. She won't stop going to the judge. Have you ever heard that saying, the squeaky wheel gets the grease? Now, let me say something to you. Jesus is giving this as an example, and here's what he says. A woman who doesn't have any power is so persistent that she gets a judge who doesn't fear God or man to move in her behalf. Now, I want to chase a rabbit for just a moment. Can I encourage, and I mean this in a right way, not again, not an evil way. It's so important that you understand in your life that you have to be your own advocate. You have to speak up for yourself. When you go to the doctor, you've got to speak up. You've got to tell them what your symptoms are. When, when, you, when you go through things in your life, you have to speak up. And I'm not talking about in an evil way or an angry way, right? I don't mean that. I mean in a righteous way, you're your own advocate. When you go to the doctor or when, when you're at the bank or wherever, whatever you're doing, you're speaking up for yourself. You're not just sitting there quiet and not saying anything. Now, my mom was always mad at the doctors when she went to the doctor. And she was always mad at them because she felt like that they were giving her prescriptions that she didn't need and they were doing it because they were in cahoots with the uh, drug company and they were making money. Now, I, I, don't, I don't anymore believe that than the man in the moon. I do not believe that's true. Uh, doctors, I just don't believe that. I, I, when I go to my doctor, he cares about me and he's after my, my well-being and my care. And so I'm not mad at him. When I go, just like Joe McGee said, I claim favor when I go to the doctor or when I'm at the hospital, I have favor, but I'm not afraid to speak up. Now, that's exactly what this woman does. Let me continue to read you the story. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. 
and shall God not avenge his own elect? Oh, my Lord, stop right there. Hey, Jonathan, did you know that God was the first avenger? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, aren't there some movie out? Isn't there some movie out about the Avengers, right? Who's young enough to know what I'm talking about? Sure, right, thank you. Thank you right here. She knows, my Lord. And if you don't know, it's okay, all right? I just couldn't pass this up, okay? We're Sean, right? Sean, God is the first Avenger. Come on, brother, isn't that good? You're right here. I got the guys on the back row with me right now, okay? It says that God, what does it say? And God would, and shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bear long with him. Now, let me keep reading. Listen to what this says. It says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Now, let me tell you something. I want you to see this. Let me tell you what this is talking about. Jesus is saying, if a little woman with no power can move an evil judge, how much more will your father who loves you and cares about you hear your prayers and avenge you and move speedily in your life? Here's what he's not saying. Well, you know, you got to go to God and you got to drive him crazy. And you got to just tell him over and over and over what's going on. And finally, he'll get so tired of it that he'll say, Lord, I'll move if you'll just shut up. That's not what he's saying. The comparison he's making is this woman moves an evil judge. How much more will your father who loves you whose ear is turned to your cry, how much more will he not move in your life, your family, your job, your finances, whatever's going on in your life? Listen, only a king's child can wake him up. Now, don't miss this. Only a child dare go into a king's room in his bedchamber and wake him up. All right, every mother in here knows exactly what I'm talking about. Every father, if you've ever had children or grandchildren, think how your grandchildren or your children will get up and come in your room in the middle of the night and they're not one bit afraid to wake you up. Okay, only a child will wake up a king. Listen, you are the child of the king. Jesus is your Lord and Savior. The Father, the King of kings and Lord of lords belongs to you. Now, the Bible very plainly says God doesn't sleep, and I know that. But the point I'm trying to make is you're welcome in God's presence 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You are welcome in his presence. And if a woman with no power could move an unjust king, how much will you who are loved by your Father, will God not avenge you? And then I love it. He says, speedily. He will move speedily. Now, here's what happens. Everybody in this room has experienced unanswered prayer. I have. Vicki has. There's probably, well, there's probably no one in here that would say, hey, pastor, I've had 100% of my prayers answered. I've never had a prayer not answered. All of us at one time or another have experienced times where we felt like maybe God wasn't listening or my prayer is not going past the ceiling or or how come God's not moving? Here's what will happen. The devil wants to use that against you. And he wants to come and whisper in your heart, God doesn't care. 
God's not listening. God's not going to do anything in your life, maybe because you said this or you did this. He wants to bring that judgment on you. He wants to attack you. And he only wants to do it for one reason, so you'll stop praying. Jesus said just the opposite. He said, hey, don't stop praying. Pray more. Pray often. Not because God's moved by your many words. Not because you're putting pressure on God. Of course not. You don't pray for that reason. But you pray because you have not lost heart. Okay? You have not lost heart. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to. And we've all felt that before. Hey, God, you know, you're not listening anyway, and I don't care. (coughs) Can I encourage you this morning to not give up on your prayer life? Don't give up on talking to God. If it's something you've prayed about for a week or you've prayed about it for five years, can I encourage you, please don't stop and please don't give up on your prayer life. I had a young man tell a story the other day that he was traveling and he was going to the airport and he was running late. And when he got to where the gate was, if you've ever flown, you know, you go to the gate. And when he got to the gate, the people had already loaded the plane and like this area was empty. And everybody was on the plane, and and they were closing the door. And you know how those airplane doors are. You know, they kind of come out, and then they close, and they turn that handle inside, and they seal it, okay, so they can pressurize it. Well, he said the door was already closed, and he went up to the kiosk where where the person was, and he didn't say if it was a man or a woman, and he went up to the kiosk, and he said, is there any way I can get on this plane? And here's what they asked him. Do you have status with the airline? Now, I would have had to have hung my head because I don't, I don't fly very much. And I would have thought, no, I don't have status. Now, I'm, I'm taking God out of the mix, okay? But I would have thought in the natural, I don't have any status. So he gave the person his name. You know, they looked it up. Well, the person looked up and said, we can get you on the flight. They opened the door and they allowed him on because he had status with the airline. Listen to me. Listen to me. You have status with God. You have status with God. You are known. You are loved. You are cared for. The Bible says he knows the number of hairs on your head or the lack thereof. Amen. He knows both. You have status with your heavenly Father. And Jesus wanted me to tell you, don't give up praying. Don't stop talking to the Father. Don't stop going into his presence. The scripture says to come boldly to the throne of grace in time of need. And don't give up. Don't lose heart. Don't let your guard down. Don't throw your hands in the air and say God's not moving because he is moving. He is listening. And the answer is coming. And it's coming speedily. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand up and let me pray for you. Yeah, you can clap. Go ahead. Come on. Clap for Jesus. All right. Close your eyes and let me pray. Father God, I want to thank you this morning for this great church and for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, I'm so blessed that you would let me get up here and talk about your goodness and talk about prayer. Father, I want to pray your strength your blessing, your grace on each one of us today. Father, as we go from your house, Father, as we go from your house, our prayer life is gonna be different today. It's gonna be different this week and that your grace is on us. 
Father, I pray and thank you for your love, your faithfulness, your goodness, that you are our avenger and that you're avenging us speedily because we belong to you. Father, I'm thankful for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. The Lord's good. Amen. Hey, I love you. Y'all go and be blessed, and I'll see you next week.